0: all right it is a rare occurrence that we're on uh, well also it's a rare occurrence lately that the three of us are in the same room together doing that's podcasts. right yeah yeah but it's an even rarer occurrence that we're on location and today we find ourselves out in the lower mainland of the mighty Langley, with a friend of the podcast, Tim Craft Tours, now owner of The Barley Merchant. And we're coming to you live at time of taping uh, from,
1: <laughs>
0: from The Barley Merchant. Hey, Tim. Good afternoon, gentlemen. Welcome How's it to going, The Barley buddy?
1: Merchant.
2: Ah, yeah, thanks for having great. us. Stoked you guys finally made it all the way out from Vancouver.
3: I, right? I know. Yeah, yeah, it's I, to, I, it's been a long time
0: us. coming, man. It's been a long time coming. It was actually pretty
2: easy to
3: get here. You know, we, we just sky trained over to... King George hopped in a cab and I've got them to tap us on the shoulder when we got here and here this we isn't are sponsored
1: by TransLink we don't have that kind of we don't have those kind of sponsorship Warcery deals and in pres- cabs. <laughs> yeah,
0: <laughs> really. being the weekend though it was 275 to get out here on the SkyTrain so that's a deal so, hey let's oh, yeah. go yeah, yeah.
2: There, there you go perfect saving money right off the bat
0: yeah. yeah yeah all right so we're here this is a beautiful beautiful tasting room and restaurant space we're in the nice little quiet alcove. Is there a particular name for the part of the room that we're in right now? Well, you referred
2: it to right now as the quiet alcove, but it's actually referred to as the party room. Oh. So conveniently enough, just the way this all kind of comes together, there's seating for about 26. So when we get, you know, occasionally get requests for groups, it tends to work pretty well for that. Oh, right, right. Yeah, so it's the party room. And before, when we took over this building in its previous iteration, this was actually a pie shop Mm-hmm. That was inside a restaurant. It was just like so, a so like, like sweet
0: pies or meat pies. Like what? T- what
2: type? No, of like pie? like actual like fancy baked pies. Right. It was uh, yeah. The not to go too far into what was here before, but yeah, it was a, a really novel concept, and they tried a lot of different things. And so, a lot of our guests who had been here before at the previous. Place of business come in, they're like, oh, you got rid of the pie shop. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Although, I mean, who doesn't like pie? I think that's uh, you know maybe maybe for future
0: consideration. Uh, so the, the obvious next question is: Is there pie on the menu? Uh, well, we do have a pretty
2: fabulous tiramisu cheesecake that we're making hey. in the house right now. Yeah, and our killer London Fog creme brulee. So
0: okay, what we, we I'm sweets. having after this interview?
2: Yeah, that London Fog one
1: sounds good. I think I'll be going for that. Yeah. So you just got back from vacation. Yes. How was that?
2: Uh, it was probably the most relaxing vacation I've ever been on. Like, <laughs> no you know, I've, I have A lot of my vacation time has been well-documented through my social media channels when I was doing the craft beer tourist. Every day on vacation consisted of, you know, wake up, have a good breakfast, pack a lunch, you know, grab a beer or two for the backpack, choose a, you know, a cool hiking destination, go and crush out three, four hours on the trail. And then uh, find a happy hour somewhere, go back, watch a sunset, have a nice dinner, and then redo the same thing the next day. And that's exactly what we did every single day we were in Mexico, except we didn't go hiking.
1: <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> One big difference, eh? <laughs> yeah,
2: no. Yeah, no, it was uh, after almost four years of not being away and yeah. just nose to the grindstone every single day, you know, like a year leading up to opening this place and then a the year and a half that we've been open. I stayed pretty close to the shop and the team's really evolved to a point where they're, you know work autonomously and this this place has a heartbeat of its own whether i'm here or i'm not and yeah we're really proud of getting to that point of the game that's awesome
3: that must feel awesome to be able to walk away and leave something and watch it thrive on its own like
2: that yeah i even got a mexico sim card for my phone and i gave the number to one person <laughs> before i left <laughs> so who is
1: that one person
2: uh and my executive chef. Okay.
1: Uh, <laughs>
2: and uh so yeah. In I, th- case I think of emergency. I gave I think I gave it to my daughter as
1: well. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> okay. Fair. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and uh
2: but yeah, um, you know, even had uh we, we have a daily manager log where we communicate how things go on. And uh, you know, wife checked in on that. She gave me a thumbs up. Everything's good. Go back yep. to relaxing. Yeah. So I, I really did. And uh yeah, it was it was uh it was wonderful uh to just uh, kind of regroup, recenter and kind of come back all fresh, ready to tackle twenty twenty three and See where we can take this thing. You've
1: right. been earning your beer over the last year plus, so yeah. no need for a hike. Just chill in a, in a for different a few way. days in, a different, in a, different
2: way. a different way. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I always t- I tell people like that this restaurant is is the the mountain I climb every day. You know, and oh, put that every, put that on
1: a bumper sticker. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's it,
2: everything's a metaphor, right? <laughs> yeah. And and uh, there's along the journey of opening a restaurant and developing a concept from scratch because you know there wasn't a manual that said how to do all this stuff. There was a lot of times along the way where it was like, you know, it's really hard. And there's a lot of days where you feel like you're going backwards. And then, you know, I had somebody say to me, they're like, you know, you may feel like you're climbing a mountain every day, you know, and, and you look ahead of yourself and you, all you see is more hills to climb. But every once in a while, you got to stop, turn around and just look how far you've come up that mountain and, and just celebrate the little thing. So we, we, we all do that as a team, you know, like, again, it's, year and a half into it but there's so much of you know defining who we are will be a constant evolution
0: so if i can throw in a a a buzzword or a cliche here as well i just think we should circle back here to the origin story of this Mm. place because you alluded to hiking there and stuff so yeah for a new person coming in listening to this right now how did we get to this point to where yeah. we are today? Wasn't it how did beer find you? Yeah, how did beer find yeah. you, Tim? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, look um, at that. Yeah, Man. so, listen I mean, to the Cascading Beer podcast. There you go. So,
2: yeah. yeah so, going back to kind of where like we'll call it the birth of the craft beer tourist. So, I was working as a as a restaurant manager at a golf course, and golf is crazy busy in the summer into the fall. And then, you know, we'd lay off our whole team. We'd rock out a little bit of Christmas parties. And then January, February, were super chill. So that was usually when we took our vacations. But I also used the time to, you know, try to learn something new. And, you know, I kind of fell for this guy, Gary V. And I was, you know, consumed by his content. content uh, Gary Vaynerchuk. Gary could Chuck. posting
3: like 80 things a day. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah.
2: <laughs> what was his whole like FU Monday yeah. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. the whole... Uh, yeah. Well, I, I actually... I mean, if you're, I,
0: what, if you're not out there engaging, you know, like, <laughs>
2: just put content out yeah, yeah. every day, all the time. Anyways, I read a book called Crush It. and uh, You got to crush
1: was, it every day. Exactly.
2: <laughs> the, the gist of it was, you know, figure out what it is that you love to do and find a way to make money doing it. Yeah. And instead of watching House of Cards at night, you know, you're seven at night till two in the morning, double down on what it is that you're passionate about if and you know do everything you can to make it happen. So that was it was like well what do I love to do? I love to travel and I love to drink craft beer and you know like I'm not going to get to the point where I can just travel and write and do that but I mean it was a kind of a place to focus my energy on writing a blog and then the blog became pictures on Instagram and then Instagram was what was a learning curve on how to grow an account, but mm-hmm. I kind of networked with a bunch of people that were doing the same thing. We kind of got out of, of it on the local scene because there wasn't a lot of uh, you know beer influencers yeah. or uh, term wasn't even coined yet. Instagrammer, yeah, yeah, but there was a couple of people in like New York City and in California yeah. and stuff that that I was following and networking with, and uh, and yeah, so I just started you know, taking better pictures of my beer. And then I realized, you know, because I was going away in January, February, the craft beer tourist was supposed to be vacationing to beer destinations. And then I came home and then I was back to work. And it's like, well, I mean, I need local content. I can't just be a, you know, post this stuff in January and February. And then BC Ale Trail launched right around the same time. And I knew that we had this amazing number of BC craft breweries in our backyard and beautiful landscapes to discover. So then the focus just switched to 100% focus on BC, focus on the outdoors, focus on mm-hmm. the people behind the brands, showcase the, uh, the craft beer side of things uh, as best as I could, spread it, the good word to the world that BC yep. was a destination for both outdoors and delicious craft beer. And then through doing that, I met a whole bunch of people in the industry just by traveling around and got to know their stories. All the while, I've been a restaurant manager my whole life. So I guess at some point, those two were meant to come together. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So what, how far back was
3: the? did you have this spark in your mind that you knew you might want to turn it into something like the Barley Merchant, like a brick and mortar destination?
2: Not too long before we did it. Yeah. So the business side of it. So I was managing at Redwoods Golf Course and one of my old bosses that I used to work for for like 10, 11 years... Came golfing, and he was like, "Oh, great to connect with you." We started talking, and you know, and I threw out this line because he's like, "How you like the golf course biz?" I'm like, "Oh yeah, it's pretty wild and pretty crazy. A lot of hours in the summer, a lot of downtime in the winter." I said, "You know, but someday I won't work this hard for somebody else. Someday I'll work this hard for myself." And he said, "Well, if you ever want to make that happen, give me a show." And it just sat there. Like, yep. this beacon in the back of my brain. And then I was, you know, got to those winter months when things are quiet.
0: It was one of those earworms that you get, and you're like, oh, I can't yeah. shake it. <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah.
2: And then I, you know, found some books and was thinking about what I wanted to do. And it was like, you know what? And then the Gary V, you know, yeah. like, he's got a video called, he's, he's getting a lot of love on this, but uh, it's called Six Minutes for the Next 60 Years. And it's basically just like, just because you're 40 doesn't mean you can't start something, you're going to live for another. You know, yeah. 35, 40, 45 years. So don't think that you're washed up or whatever, that you're stuck doing what you're doing. So it was like, you know what? I think this is a good idea. So I got in touch with my business partner. We talked about you know, the concept and that Langley was, was ready for a craft beer focused tap house. The craft beer brewery scene was really coming along and evolving and it had You know, there was a handful that were coming soon. That was when like farm country and camp and locality and Brookswood were all being talked about. And that's kind of when we really got going with it. And yeah, so in 2018, in this early part of the year, January, February, the location we're in now was actually on the market. And we put a bid in to do it then. And we were being considered along with some other people. There was another Fraser Valley brewery that was looking to partner with an existing local restaurant chain, and they had a bid ahead of us, and they won the bid, and we were passed over. So I parked the idea of opening a restaurant, went back to work for a busy summer at the golf course. And then when the season finished, September, October, I actually started chatting with the folks from Trading Post Brewing. And uh, instead of pursuing this concept of opening my own place... I figured, you know what? I'll leave the golf course after ten, eleven years. I'll uh, I'll take an opportunity to go work with my hometown brewery. Great people at Trading Post. They were opening a location in Abbotsford. So I I opened that up as the general manager, kind of got back into the whole like busy restaurant vibe compared to the golf course thing. Loved it. It was wild, it was crazy, it was hard, and it was definitely a change that I was, you know, excited to make. And then uh, after a couple months of doing that, you know, my brain just started thinking other things and there was some stuff personally going on and I ended up leaving there on good terms and everything and I actually took my job back at the golf course and I was I was done. I was like I'm not going to open my own place. This is where I was meant to be. I'm going to stay here. And then randomly, a like, little birdie reached out to me a few months later and said, Hey, remember that spot that you were trying to get? It had been 15 months. They're like, it's going back on the market today because the people that took it over wanted to brew here. And because of its classification, it were not allowed to. It wasn't zoned for brewing.
1: So were they trying to get it rezoned yes. this whole time? And they just couldn't, yeah, towns, couldn't get Miami it rezoned? Yeah, township
2: wouldn't do it. Because I believe that you need to be light industrial. Yeah, uh, to be yeah. able to brew.
0: So when and, and, you know, and we're technically in a shopping, yeah, like center, movie
2: theater, the parking lot. Yeah, yeah. So and again, at the same time, you have camp and farm country and Smugglers Trail, who are neighbors up here. Like they all had to be in those areas. So these that, guys were passed over.
1: So so, wondering how did they get their bid accepted? If like because they must have known that they were going to try to zone it or try to rezone it and build a brewery. So how did that get accepted? So my understanding.
2: Yeah. Is that the landlord actually of this property really wanted to turn this part of the uh the parking lot here into like a little walkable brewers road type right. thing. So there yeah. was a Montana's restaurant in the area here yeah. that was also up. Uh their lease was up and there was talk of a brewery going there. And then straight out from our front doors is a Pretty primo corner lot that's just sitting there with gravel on it. So, yep. I think they had grand visions of having this like walkable brewery district. So, right. the landlord was supporting it.
0: Yeah, I believe Asuyas has kind of done that, right? They have that kind of like brewer's courtyard thing at the moment with the different vineyards and stuff. So, it definitely yeah. works. Yeah. There's a lot of yeah.
2: communities where it's a, it's a great idea, but yep. I think they had, you know, grander visions and they were convinced that it was going to happen. So, they wanted to give it a go, but. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It, it didn't work out. So the day that it was going back on the market, um, I got a text message from somebody at 7.15 in the morning and said, Hey, you didn't hear this from me, but just so you know, remember that spot you wanted? It's going back on the market. So Insider info. Yeah. So I I instantly hopped in my Jeep, came down to this empty shell of a building, grabbed the phone number off the door, phoned them again and said, Hey, I'm the guy that wanted this place 15 months ago. And I'm ready to do this. So don't talk to anybody else. We're ready to go. Trust our experience in this industry. We're going to build something awesome here and, and they didn't talk to anybody else. So,
3: that's awesome. That must have been a crazy day for you, right? I oh. mean, I don't know what you had planned that day, but to start at 7:15 with a message like that, all of a sudden you're, you're about like,
0: to change your life. Yeah, yes. whole... 7:15 in the morning. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, like, geez,
1: let me have a coffee first. Like, <laughs> yeah.
2: Well, I grabbed it. I was actually drove from here to my job at Redwood, so I was actually yeah. standing on the patio looking over the 18th fairway at this stunning view, thinking like, you know, I give this up to go Crush this business out. I don't know. We're talking about
1: metaphors. This sounds like that view of you looking over the 18th green. This is like the posters when you're, you know, you're at the dental office and you're laying back and you see the posters with the inspirational quotes on them. Like, I think this is this is what I'm picturing. Yeah. Maybe even that was just my dentist. <laughs> my dentist just plays like CNN news. See, up we didn't have the that technology in, the in Quesnel the other day. Okay? <laughs> <laughs> Chris just has rotating old inspirational posters. Yeah, they change it out like once every six months. They're like, we'll give them a new poster. Yeah.
2: <laughs> I like the one that's just a picture of a sign that says, this is a sign. Uh, it like, oh, felt God. like it was a sign. It yeah. really was. Yeah. Yeah. And like when you start thinking about. Like, maybe I wasn't ready at, and that's why we didn't get it. And then, right right, 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 And then I chose to not do it. And then I got the opportunity with Trading Post and I got the experience again and realized I had a passion for it. And it was all just, and then I, yeah, just the story along the way of all the little things that happened. And there's some pretty yeah. wild historical stuff with me and this exact longitude and latitude. So I started in the restaurant industry at McDonald's, 15-year-old, spry little kid, worked my way up into assistant manager positions. And then on my 21st birthday, I quit and I got a job at the Keg in Maple Ridge, but I got hired as a manager. So I had to go through training two other locations before I got there. And the first place that I trained at was the original Langley Keg in the Country which was originally actually on the footprint of this building before Colossus was built here. OK. So I started there. I, I worked here when I was 21,, yep. but as a different business. and yep. that was kind of the foundation for what I became as a manager, so it was kind of cool. And also, to add to the craziness, is that I actually proposed to my wife at that keg and asked her to marry me when I was 20 years old.
1: So there's some sentimentality. Yeah, absolutely, it's just yeah. like
2: the forces of nature have somehow yeah. pulled me back to this place. So I just...
1: So, so when are you going to renew your vows here? Not a bad idea. I don't know. <laughs> Great, but now it will be my idea. You'll be like, "Oh, oh yeah, way to go!" Great, yes. so remember you said that on the podcast. <laughs> just don't let her listen to this episode. Okay, all right. We'll just mute that part. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> just make this section go really quiet there, or just hit the 15 back, second skip. But back to like you saying, like it was kind of a sign that you didn't get it the first time. Mm-hmm. I mean helping open open trading post that must have been some pretty invaluable experience for opening this location, right? And opening Barley Merchant. Yeah,
2: absolutely. I mean, if anything, it was more of a refresher because
1: before, yeah.
2: so when I left from the keg, I actually worked for... Sammy J Peppers, which is Sammy J's now. I was one of the first managers at their original location. We grew it to eight locations. I opened five of them as the general manager. I had a regional manager position. So I've been in the hospitality industry. I've been through restaurant openings. I knew what it took. And but I hadn't done it in eleven years when I went to switch to go do it with with Trading Post and uh, you know call it. Riding a bike, whatever it is, the whole like it just kind of came back. And it's just like, there's just a thousand things you have to do to make it happen. And you put your nose to the grindstone and pedal to the metal and all that jazz. And you just do it until it works. And, you know, that was a, like I said, a good, good refresher of yeah. how hard it is, but how rewarding it is when it gets up and running and you can sit back and sit in a corner of a restaurant and just watch it go, you know?
1: So when you thought of opening your own place, opening the barley merchant or what is now the barley merchant, was it always Langley that you had in mind? Yeah, absolutely. I am. I always
2: wish I could say I was Langley born and raised. I was actually born yeah. in Surrey and moved to Langley when I was like one and a half. So,
0: okay. this is all I've ever yeah. known. Uh, yeah. I
2: lived in Langley City as a kid.
0: So, so what are, is it? A Langarian, Langonian? Like, what's? what's <laughs> I think it's a Langleyite. Langleyite. Oh, Okay. Because <laughs>
1: yes. they have they have the Bernab- Bernabarian bumper stickers, like for DayGrad, yeah. like maybe right. the Langley. Langley night. Langley. got I don't know. I feel like I we'll workshop that a, that a bit. Yeah, okay. There, yeah, <laughs> but yeah. So Langley is
2: has Langley City in the downtown core, and then there's Langley Township that surrounds it with a whole bunch of communities. So yeah. I lived in Langley City. I moved to Aldergrove. Went to high school there. Graduated. Moved out with my now wife way back when. Yep. Up to Langley or in the Langley City up to Walnut Grove where we are located now. So essentially, my entire life, I've I've lived here. I love all the breweries here. I love being an ambassador for Langley, that it is an amazing place to live. It's like the hub of the Fraser Valley. We're just as far from, you know, the North Shore Mountains as we are the border. We're just as far from like North Vancouver as we are from Hope. You know, like there's a there's a
0: lot going on in this area and uh, you know there was some minor incident that happened recently that kind of had some global implications that caused people to kind of leave the city a bit and kind of relocate to uh, this part of the province as well right so, well are
2: we talking the housing prices or, prices or are we talking
0: I think we're talking COVID co- yeah, we're <laughs> talking, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah what's,
2: what's COVID yeah. <laughs> yeah. Would, that that threw some curveballs into our whole restaurant opening yeah, yeah
0: so, so, I can so, imagine so that was my next question so, so you said this was 2019 this came up again right yeah. so, so how far along were you and like were you just about ready to go and then they're like you know what you can't quite open this. So so you're bang on like this just continues
2: on the craziness of the story and why I embrace that you know like you have to find the silver linings in in all the bad situations. And so we started negotiating our lease in May of twenty nineteen and you know it's we're up against Goliath here with Sun Life Financial as our landlord. And you know, there was a lot of lot of pages and a lot of things to learn about. And it took us a long and drawn out eight, nine months to negotiate to finally get to a point where we were ready to sign on the dotted line and commit to the lease for this building. And believe it or not, we took delivery to my house. All I had to do was sign it of those documents. Three days before Dr. Bonnie shut everything down on March 16th, 2020, the day before St. Patty's Day. Yeah. And so I was holding on to these papers and we didn't sign them. My yeah. business partner was on a flight back from Thailand. We were supposed to get together on like the Wednesday. We were gonna meet at beer on commercial and just sit and have a bevy and you know, kick things off. And then everything shut down. So we we pulled the pen from the paper and didn't sign it. Sat on it like five weeks and the landlord called us and they're like, Hey, uh, just checking our documentation <laughs> here. It doesn't look like we got a signed copy yeah. back. And we're like, Yeah, I don't know if you turn your TV on, yeah, but okay. you know, restaurants aren't open. So it was kind of a scary time, you know. Like, we're like, Well, where do we stand? What have we committed to at this point? Does it make sense to push forward? Like, what does the future hold? And there's a lot of uncertainty at that time. So yeah. So we eventually ended up back at the negotiating table with them. We tried to figure out like, how does this still make sense for us? To move forward, like obviously the way things were written, it wasn't good. And of course, we're hearing all these things about people defaulting on leases, they don't have yeah. the revenues and all that type of stuff. So, and we, so many
0: servers getting laid off at other oh, places totally. that just couldn't reopen. And here we are, blinders on. Let's open a restaurant. <laughs> Let's yeah. just keep going.
2: <laughs> but, uh, yeah, so we, we came up with what we felt was, uh, you know, something that would make sense. We were able to incorporate some things that. You know, In the event of a public health order that prevented us from reaching a certain percentage right. of our capacity, XYZ would happen to our lease payment in order for us to survive. And also just the unknown aspect of how long building was going to take. Because this wasn't a shell, right? There yeah.
0: was yeah. still crap that was sitting in here for two years,
2: right? Uh, it, it actually was a shell. So there was, it was so, just, so,
0: so that was at least an easy step yeah, to start. Yeah, no, absolutely. Yeah. And that was yeah.
2: what was really appealing about it. Like the, the guest washrooms are intact as they were, and that's a big cost when you're building out a place. So that was, that was great, but we had some pretty ambitious plans of what we wanted to do. Like if you look over to where those garage doors are, as we all, you know, just envision it as a listener. Uh, there's a paint us a word picture here, Tim. Yeah. yeah okay. Yeah. There yeah. you go. Uh, so there's a couple roll-up garage doors that open up to covered, heated, enclosed patio space that wasn't there before. It was just a brick wall. Yeah. So we
0: and I will say that is a nice
2: patio. It's it's uh, it's lighter and brighter, and the spaces open up. But yeah, it was a shell. Like the kitchen tile walls were there, tile floor was there, but there was zero equipment, zero stainless. We had we had a lot of work to do, new drains, and you yeah, know, yeah, yeah, all that stuff. So yeah, we had to figure out how long it was going to take to open. So we and they had a fixed date where it was like you have this many days and then after that you're on the hook for some dough. And so we said, well, we can't really determine where it was. So anyways, so we negotiate some smart things and and they said, no. no. And we said That's what we want to do. And they said, well, what if we did this? And we said, no. And then they said, well, how about as a compromise, we do this. But we really did just reach a point where we're like, this is a take it or leave it situation. You know, you guys have two days. We're done negotiating. Yeah, we went through all that. We kind of like crossed our fingers and because we were basically ready to walk away if we had to, because it didn't make sense to do anything other than what we had proposed. And they waited till the 11th hour and then we had to like, okay, we'll do it. And then it was like, Oh shit! <laughs> it's like, yay, hey, we won! Oh wait, like, yeah. Now I just, we actually got to build the this next place. like ten plus years to my life to, to, oh, to doing this. So yeah. Yep. So from then on, it uh, you know it took a little bit to to get the you know the revised paperwork and stuff done. We got the keys November first of twenty twenty, and uh, instead of the four months that was originally allotted for the build out, we just had an indefinite period where it was like when when you get open, as long as the reason it took you a while to get open is because of the pandemic. And you can you can prove that whether we had, you know, we had site shutdowns, we had supply chain issues. Yeah, So it was kind of a no-brainer. We didn't really have to prove a whole lot because it was in the news every day. And yeah, uh, yeah so it took us almost seven, eight, nine months. It was the end of July of 2021 that we finally opened, which was just after they lifted the the social distancing, no more plexiglass. And we opened, fortunately, at a time when everything was yeah full, full on.
3: So did you open at full capacity then? Where Or were there lineups outside and tables? Yeah, so we learned a lot apart. at the
2: beginning about controlling the flow at the front door. <laughs> uh, because <laughs> just because you have 210 seats doesn't mean you need to have every single one of them filled if your kitchen can't keep up. And again, as a brand new concept lot of the figuring things out we were I mean we'd been hyping this place for over a year I was the, the I was uh, you know keeping the community updated in the local Facebook groups and there was a lot of people that were excited to see it happen and yeah so it opened to a lot of fanfare and it was like I refer to it as drinking from the craft beer fire hose while riding a bucking Bronco that doesn't stop after eight seconds <laughs> yeah
1: there you go and then, that's a visual yeah I, was, so so Tuesday yeah. Yeah.
2: <laughs> yeah, the, yeah, 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 yeah.
1: Yeah, explain a, explain a Saturday to us. Yeah. Yeah.
2: but yeah, no, like there was a lot of learning curves. Actually, we opened and then after four days, we had to, you know, close for a day. Regroup, re- realign our deliveries because we are fresh food. Everything in house comes in the back door in a raw state, and we prepare a lot of that stuff from scratch. And when your delivery company's not coming on Sunday, and you sold everything on Friday, Saturday, <laughs> yeah, you can <yeah>. only <laughs> <we'd laughs> run the superstore to get so much, right? Yeah. So. yeah. so you were still struggling from all those supply chain issues that were still no, lingering around, just or just not ordering enough, or just not, not
3: realizing yeah, how busy yeah. we were going to be again. You right, know, right.
2: Like when when the when the big corporate store opens there nineteenth location, there's a manual, there's right. there's history, there's product mixes, you know, like how like how many burgers versus chicken wings versus salads are you gonna sell and mm-hmm. all that type of stuff. So it was you know, huge, huge learning curve. And right. you know, the team had to rally every single day, but uh, it was about six weeks where every day was a Saturday, and then school went back in in September, and then we kind of got our feet under us, and we found a rhythm, we developed a lot of systems from then on. You know, we're still learning every day, but we're we're in a much much better place. It was That's a awesome.
1: pressure test that first six weeks. It must have been right. It
2: really was. It really was. But also, I mean, when you're the new kid on the block, there's a lot of forgiveness too. So it was funny because the the alcohol to food sales was much different then than it was now. And we realized it was because everybody was already on their second beer by the time their food hit the table. Because they were waiting for forty-five minutes to, yeah. to fifty minutes, you know, at times during when it was busy. So, uh, yeah. So we were selling more beer. But now, because we're efficient with the food and it gets the, hits the table in fourteen minutes or eighteen minutes, you know, you're still yeah. on your first beer. Yeah.
0: yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so anybody listening that might be going through something right now of hard times,
2: it all works out. Hey, man, it's you just got to <laughs> wake up every day and believe that that it, you know, everything you do is for a greater good, and you know yeah. they. They talk about like, you don't go to the gym and work out for three hours and go home and look at the mirror and go there. I did it. I'm in way better shape. Hey, but it's like, hey, I
0: don't know what you've been doing, man. Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
3: <laughs> I did that once. And that was the last day I went to the gym I'll, and it's downhill from there. Yeah. I'll tell you
2: what, it's not going to the gym for three hours a day. Yeah. But yeah, like it's, it's all the little things that you do every day and just staying optimistic and nothing motivates like a team of a hundred people that are looking at you to, to, you know. Rise up every day and show them the way, and and I I take that you know very seriously.
1: Yeah. yeah. So part of that six week kind of pressure test, like, did you realize pretty quickly you need to staff up? What did you get? What did you kind of start with staff wise? Before yeah. We, you got to this we team I think we had
2: about seventy five to eighty staff. Oh, so pretty pretty solid. Yeah. Which we thought was like well more than what we need. I figured we yeah. needed about sixty to sixty five ish. Again, having recently opened the trading post location, which was one hundred and ninety two seats. That's roughly what we started with there. But yeah, I mean, it all comes down to like you don't have. You don't have you could have forty full time people or a hundred part time people. Like it's just a matter of like what right. does the community provide? Mm-hmm. You know what is the what's the demographic of the people and like a lot of a lot of students. Everybody wants two days a week or high school kids. You know, um,
0: and then also like in the Trading Post scenario too. Like you know that was the before time, so every so everything was nice as where you opened when everything reopened again and everybody was like, I need to get out of this house. Absolutely, so, like, yeah. and not <laughs> like, yeah. on
2: top of that everybody was really dialed in on the mindset of wanting to spend their money local yes that was a big thing that happened with COVID, and part of the reason why we we doubled down on the bc exclusive behind the bar you know the the original plan was was we were going to be bc exclusive on our taps but i hadn't really given a whole lot to the to the spirit program and during maybe
0: maybe have a bottle thing from out of town stuff or something like that Yeah, yeah
2: yeah like we knew we were going to have, we wanted to have a full service bar, but like, was I going to have Crown Royal and Smirnoff back there and not really put an emphasis on, on that? But during COVID, I became a student. There's a gentleman by the name of Sean Sewell, and uh, he's like a master barman. He's a massive advocate for BC Spirits. That's his handle on Instagram, BC Spirits. And he, during COVID, did a spirit a day for 365 days. And he talked about a different BC spirit. And I just, every day I was like, I got to find out the next thing. And then I just started making spreadsheets like, okay, so this vodka elsewhere is this vodka here and this whiskey here. And so we had to figure out, you know, someone comes in and orders a gin and tonic. What kind of gin do they get? Someone wants a Ryan, Ryan Coke. What are they going to get? You were talking last time we met about how your mom came here and loved our divine rum.
1: Yeah, yeah. My my mom. I I told her that we were recording a podcast episode with you this weekend, and she was like, "Hi, Chris's mom." Yeah, (laughs) hi, mom. And she was like, "Well, can you can you get a bottle of that rum for me?" I'm like, "Mom, like Tim doesn't sell the rum at the barley merchant, but I'm like, I can probably find it somewhere for you. We can
2: send her 26 (laughs) rum and cokes. (laughs) Yeah,
1: yeah, 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 and all to go cups. Yeah, just like mason jars outside their door. Yeah, Yeah,
2: there you go.
3: (laughs) Well." 365 spirits from BC. That's plenty to choose from, right? Yeah, no,
2: absolutely. So we we when we first opened, I mean, we covered the well. So we use Bamba Vodka in, as our well vodka. It's made in North Vancouver with corn from the Fraser Valley, and it's fantastic. We also use Roots and Wings, who's a Langley distillery. We use their Pickle Vodka in our house, Caesar. If somebody orders a gin and tonic, we use Shelter Point's hand-foraged gin from Camel River. Our rye is Goldstream rye from the island as well. And it's 100% Canadian rye. It's finished in cherrywood cast because it makes a kick ass old fashioned. And the rum is from Divine Distilling in Saanich and it's made with honey, not sugarcane, because to be a BC spirit it's got to be made with products from here and yeah. nobody's growing sugarcane so but uh, well, well, great, speaking great substitutes honey,
1: speaking of honey what are what are what are Luke and I drinking right now so
2: you guys are drinking thank you honey logger so this is from our neighbor's locality who I became really good friends with through the, the construction here because they were right along the same timeline they actually opened 2 weeks after we did so there was a lot of a lot of you know late evenings brainstorming and sipping on bevvies and stuff. But the reason that I chose this one, like it's called thank you honey lager because for them, it was a way of saying thank you to all the people that the people in the brewing industry and whatnot that helped them get up and running and open. But what's really, really cool about this is that locality is a 95 acre farm. They grow barley on the farm and they actually malt there as well. So they, they basically control the beer literally from planting a seed to the to what's in the glass you have now. So they have an apiary where they get the honey. They have some hops that they grow on the farm, and all of the ingredients from this beer are actually from their farm. And and they're about seven eight kilometers from here. So yeah. I just think that's super cool. Like it doesn't. This is Langley in a glass, is what. So is. Yeah, is
3: this a beer that stays on the menu year round, sort of thing? Yeah.
2: So the only time I popped it off is like on New at New Year's. I kept the tap for them, and uh, they did a brute. Beer for oh, for uh, yeah, a IPA for yeah. for New Year's we chucked that on. But, but yeah this is a this is a mainstay one of uh, roughly four that that stay on and the other thirty beers because there's thirty four taps dedicated to beer everything else rotates
1: I, I want to give a quick shout out to our buddy Ivan who did all the labels for Locality which really cool he takes like Man. his yeah Ivan the Iceman on on Instagram but he does what's kind of unique about their labels which stands out is photos like actual actual shots that he's taken because he's a photographer and turns them into these beautiful labels and it was actually up for some uh, he got nominated for some awards at the bc beer awards we recently went to so yeah shout out to him i know he's moved out with his family out to to prince george now and he's working with one of the breweries out there yeah but yeah they do some cool cool things over at more people that we met through a love of craft beer which is i know which is how we met in the well, first we, place, right? To go back, I mean, you were talking about kind of the, the before beer influencers was even really, a, or beer fluencers or whatever you want to call it, was even a thing. But there was kind of this smaller community where we, we obviously met you through the local scene. And now it's so cool to see that. I feel like every other day, I'm seeing like a new account that's focused to like BC Spirits, BC Cider, BC Beer. And it's just this blossoming kind of community as the number of breweries and cideries in the province has grown. So totally, it's cool to see that kind of mature. Yeah, agreed. No, it's a. Uh, I mean, it's pretty cool. We connected through our love of BC craft beer.
2: Got some of you the crew out on some of my group hikes that I used to organize. Yeah, but we always met up at you know any breweries that were opening or festivals, and a lot of us had become good friends. There's actually a couple people that met through their love of this that are married with a kid now. <laughs> um, you know. And it's uh, it's it's great, and ever since we've opened here, like the support that I've got from the community of friends that I met through that has Uh been like unbelievable as well. So,
0: and it's not just here locally because I found myself in Denver at the Great American Beer Festival, and I'm just walking in there, and who's at the bottom of the escalator? But this guy next to me here, and he's just like what yeah <laughs> that was crazy
2: like to get on a plane i flew solo there it was the first time i ever went and did anything just yep. like by
0: myself and and then Aaron Aaron. just comes strolling in and he's like oh right. your face yeah and then uh, we had a good time there at the sam adams booth with the Utopus. yes so, i mean i still have regrets you know i go back and i look at that it's on my story highlights still on my yes. instagram you can go back
2: and find that that momentous moment where you you raise yours to cheers me and i was so excited to have it i just whiffed on the cheers and went straight in, yeah, and, yeah. and left you hanging. So. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, Hopefully,
0: but, you found it in your heart to forgive me by now. Yeah, but I don't know how we got to the front of the line so quickly because there was a massive line here. The big
1: it, tall and, bald guy thing. I mean, yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. It's, just, it, just walked. <laughs> it, it was, two tall guys on the floor there. The you can reach way yeah, wasn't, than we weren't the front. We just had long arms. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. 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 I, cool.
1: I want to go back. I want to go back quickly to just <laughs> touch on the name Barley Merchant. And for those that don't know, like, what's kind of the inspiration? I recall as. You were doing what I liked in the early dev of just this place and the name and logo and identity for the barley merchant. You were doing a lot of sharing on social to kind of like keep us other beer fluencers and your followers like up to date on the progress, which I thought was really cool because we felt like we were kind of along for the ride. We were yeah, getting updated throughout. Tell a story. Yeah. What sparked the, the name? So I was sitting in front of GoDaddy
2: and I had all these keywords and ideas and names and, you know...
0: I know this too well. I've bought way too many domain names. Yeah.
2: Greg's <laughs> <laughs> Podcast?
0: Uh, yeah. 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 That's, yeah. One of them. That's one of them. Yeah.
2: Um, no, so there was... The original name was actually... Uh, the first concept was was going to be based around Flight tap room, And it sounded a little cliche in the sense that it was flight. But the original idea I had... There was a place in Gastown called Salt tasting room. And they had this big chalkboard and it had different wines and different cheeses and different pairings. And I thought like, how cool would it be to literally do flights of everything? Have wine flights, have whiskey flights, have beer flights, and then have all the yeah. accompaniments and like everything could just be catered. And it was going to be this big tasting experience. Burger flights. To like, like literally taco flights. Like, you know, <laughs> you, there was no like, so we were kind of toying around with that idea. And then it, it kind of came and went. And then another name i'm I'm
0: sold on this idea (laughs) (laughs) well
2: we're slowly introducing things okay all right all right uh, mosaic tap house was actually one which uh because mosaic has multiple meanings you know obviously the the hop reference uh, you know a blend of a bunch of different things i had this vision of a collection of bottle caps from every single bc craft brewery on the wall that like made a mosaic of a photo of something i don't know you just you toy around with it and then I and then as soon as I thought Mosaic was a good name, I, I saw it absolutely everywhere I drove. Mosaic homes, Mosaic <laughs> yeah. computers, Mosaic yeah. this.
1: Coming up with a name that is—it's one thing to come up with a name. It's another thing to come up with a name that is original and that you can, in some cases, trademark. I've done this, my work in my professional like marketing career as well. You can like. Think you have the greatest name, and then, like you said, you'll see it everywhere. Or you do a quick Google search, and you're like, okay, Yeah. <laughs> crossing yeah. this one off the list. Exactly, and
2: yeah. then I think that's kind of what it came down to. We had it. We had about 50 names, and then we also had just keywords that I was kind of like putting together. Yeah, and yeah, I, there was a place down in Texas called the Hay Merchant, and I kind of like Merchant, like yeah, that's a good idea. I kind of like that, and then obviously barley being an ingredient in beer, we wanted to be able to. Make people understand that it was a beer place without really trying to say beer because yeah. we didn't want to pigeonhole ourselves to, like, oh, I don't go there because I don't drink beer. Because yeah, clearly right. we're way more about other things than just. Uh, because, just yeah, bread. barley can be in your bread and everything you got else. It. So, yeah. Exactly. So then it became like, what do we do? Well, we, we take beer and we put it in a fancy glass. And and we serve it to you, but it's like you know it's made with barley. But we also yeah, like you just said, barley in your soup, barley in your sandwich, right? And then that's actually where the birth of the logo came from. Was literally it's just all we do is you, we put barley in a in a nice glass and serve yeah. it to you.
3: It's funny, you Chris, you say that he Tim kept everybody kind of in the loop and along the ride through the whole branding journey because I literally took a ride with him on the Expo Line SkyTrain coming home from forget what the event was. It was at the Plaza of Nations. Mm. At the old casino there. Remember the great little box company was there. There was like oh, it was the uh, Cicerone. It was a BC beer conference. Yes, yes exactly. Yes, yeah. and we wrote the Skytrain together after that. On the way home, I was going to New West, and you were coming out to the Valley, and we had a quick critique of some logos that you had right. just quickly come in on your phone. <laughs> yeah. So we were going through some logo options for the Barley Merchant, and we were humming and hawing and you were giving your opinion I was giving I mine. I got to give my so, wife credit uh, yeah. on
2: this one because my, my like what I thought was my final version, it actually had a stem and a base on it. Like a, like a brandy, or, or sorry, like a Belgian style glass. Yeah. And then she's like, just get rid of the bottom. Just keep it simple. And then she said to me, she's like, there you go. That's your Nike swoosh. That's what people are going to recognize without the words, the barley merchant. And my son is currently up in Whistler right now with his girlfriend and they were cruising around the village and he was wearing his hat and he texted me yesterday. He's like, some dude came up to me and just recognized the barley merchant. We talked about it for 15 minutes and, and uh, it was a blast. So it's just kind of neat going. And I got two, two guys here that are regular customers. Now they were the brewing. And saw each other across the bar. They both had Barley Merchant hats on with just the Icon logo. So then they yep. pulled over and started talking about it. One guy's from Cloverdale. One guy's from Walnut Grove. Yep. They they ended up hanging out there and visited some other places. Went to Euclid Brewing together. And then now they, awesome. they meet up here and they're best buddies because of the logo. It's wild. Yeah. I That's never awesome. would have thought stuff like that would ever come to fruition.
1: You mentioned how many taps you have on here. Yeah, 34 taps. But what's kind of your process for keeping things fresh because I know knowing you it's it's always about like what cool things can get. Out. I want to represent the entire BC beer scene diversity of styles yeah, making sure that when somebody walks in in here week over week they're going to get something new. You mentioned you have about four kind of cores but what's your process for like sourcing beers putting together the tap list Everything. and and
0: I'll and I'll add to this by saying cuz if somebody's listening to this and they've never been to BC before and maybe they're researching their trip out here this is not an easy task because i don't think people quite realize how big bc is in terms <laughs> yeah. of landmass of trying to go cuz i've been all over the province it's not an easy trek So yeah, what is your process of getting beer here?
2: So we're always looking for the latest and greatest. The thirty so we have fifty taps altogether. We have eight wine on tap, we have eight BC Craft Cider, which we have a huge following for. Those taps rotate as well. And then 34 taps dedicated to just pouring BC craft beer. And just because of having happy hours and stuff like that during the week, we have a couple that we hang on to. Backhand of God is not on the happy hour, but it has such an amazing following. And everybody who comes in and sees it on tap here gets Really,
1: really, that's excited. an OG
2: beer. Yeah, people like that, like yeah. all of a sudden I miss, miss getting one keg of it. People are like, oh my, what happened? Where, where'd it go? <laughs> like picket lines out front, you know. So those four stay on along with the thank you honey lager. But yeah, everything else rotates. And yeah, we make it our mission to try to introduce as many different options to people of the Lower Mainland that they just can't get elsewhere. Like you know, I don't want as many. Well, we still put breweries core brands on. Shoot for that latest and greatest, but there's some OGs that you just gotta, you gotta get in there. For you sure. know, you gotta call it the cannery and get their anarchist amber ale on. It's been around forever.
0: You know, like, I mean, I see the red collar up there and W you get their common on every now and again.
2: Yes, we've had their common on. Uh, yeah. They've also got a couple of great yeah. Belgian style beers. So they yeah. they, they drive down to, to bring us beer with twin city is here from Port Alberni on tap right now. We've got hatching posts from West Kelowna. Yeah. There's we're always trying to seek far and wide, but I actually don't curate the draft list anymore. Oh. Uh, so we have this. I found my my beer nerd equal in my barley, Josh. He has a, a long history of passion for BC craft beer. There's an awesome craft beer joint in Cloverdale called the Hawthorne, where he worked for five years serving and serving craft beer, fell in love with it, spirits as well. So, He kind of aligned with me and sat with me on Monday mornings when I was curating the list and slowly over time started giving a little more freedom. And now he's the main point of contact and he likes chasing numbers like I do. So he updates me every week. We have an Excel spreadsheet that we track every single beer from every single brewery we've had. This week, tapping Gray Fox from Kelowna, which is BC's first gluten-free certified or celiac certified craft brewery we just put their beer on tap so they are the 118th brewery that we've had on in just over a year and a half and uh, the last number i heard for bc craft breweries at the brewer's conference was that we have 236 yeah so that means we're halfway (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah and we're at 907 Different unique beers that we've had on tap. It's amazing,
0: wow! And so that- now
2: the question is, is what's one thousand? So we've got yeah. something fun in the Ooh. works with that. Oh, okay. Nice, not gonna nice. share just
0: you know, uh, like like you're brewing your own thing with somebody. Like I,
2: I am doing that right now actually, but okay, that's right, not right. what
0: we're gonna do with that. Yeah. Okay. All uh, right. So
2: Langley actually has a collaboration beer that we're working on. Okay. Uh, all right. I don't know when. When's this coming out? I don't know. This might be when I get this, to this. It. This could be one <laughs> yeah. of those like you heard it here first sort of things. Yeah, sometimes
3: it Sometimes be out it, in two days, or it could be out in like June. It may, there may be <laughs> a comment we with
1: Aaron from the future. Yeah. Okay. Which we like to to add occasionally. Yeah. <laughs> um,
2: well, all the Langley breweries and Ritz and Wings Distilling and Fraser Valley cider were actually getting together to brew a collaboration beer for Langley Craft Beverage Week. So Unreal. that's a. We're working on having Langley's first nice. ever craft beverage week. We say beverage because we want to include the other craft yep. makers here. So that that may or may not be coming start, up. In start may. the morning
0: off with a Langley coffee, right? And then you know, kind of work your way through with yeah. the kombuchas and then the beers and then the... yeah, you got it. There, there, there's, now, a, there's what, a vineyard out here too, right? Like yeah, it, yeah, it, yeah, down on Sixteenth Avenue, South
2: Langley. Yeah. There's a handful of really great wineries and vineyards, and there's also a meadery. Um, so we kind of got, got it all got it all covered out here. You can do steam. the Langley
1: Loop as they say.
2: Yeah. So we're Langley Loop was the four breweries in downtown Langley. We're still calling it the Langley Loop, but everybody's going to be part of that now too. We actually meet here. All of the there's representatives from every one of the breweries. Tourism Langley usually comes. I throw a little breakfast, a little craft community, 9 a.m. on Wednesdays every month or two. And we just get together and brainstorm on how we can work together on different things. Like right now we're doing the Wasale treasure hunt where there's a you know Kind of an incentive for people to go and visit all the local local breweries and cidery and the distillery to uh, find the green man that's hidden that they have to take a picture of, ask some trivia questions, sample some of our winter warmers, and and then win prizes. So we all just kind of got together and thought that would be a great initiative. And yeah, it's a pretty thriving community here. We we it's a it's truly collaborative group of people.
1: No, that's awesome. This sounds like a play on the Christmas pickle. I don't know. My family every year, they hide the Christmas God pickle in the pardon? tree. Man. <laughs> they hide the pickle in the tree. We have to find it. And then the winner gets a prize. So the green
0: man Christmas pickle, I know, to each their own. This is now the third episode he's mentioned the Christmas Pickle gonna- <laughs> yeah, so. yeah, in. Chris. have I mentioned this before? <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, I listened to all won- the podcasts. Now, I
1: knew hey, about the Christmas Pickle. I finally won it this year. I had not won. My, my youngest brother, who's six 6'4", even lankier arms than me, he always somehow wins this damn Christmas Pickle. Sounds like he's built to find that pickle. He, he's built for it, man. I think he trains every year for it. And this year, I finally won it. So, I guess that yeah. makes you kind of a big deal yeah hey, <laughs> sorry
0: that was too easy nice so um, yeah, so yeah thanks thanks so much for your time Tim there's a lot here that we've learned and, and I'm just curious what moment of wisdom Luke would bring to this conversation here oh uh, god. <laughs> I was for, kind of wondering uh, myself yeah. um, oh my god I never
1: planned for this shit <laughs> let's all stare at um, him until he comes up with something brilliant I would say,
3: I think I would just have to go with my most recent coffee experience. We got a, a new espresso machine at home over the holidays. And I don't know, do you do much coffee here as well? Oh? We Our staff drinks most of it. Okay, yeah. good. Maybe just a warning shout out out to watch their gun
2: coffee.
3: There you go. Just a shout out to everybody to watch their caffeine intake because I recently... I guess I'm getting a little more into like the whole ritual of making coffee and there's so much that goes into making a good cup of espresso and whatever sort of milky drink you want to make with a cappuccino, latte, whatever. But when you get new beans and you're grinding them for an espresso machine, you got to kind of dial it in, right? It's got to be a certain grind size. You got to put in a certain amount and distribute it a certain way. So just the other day, I was working from home and I had my coffee in the morning and I decided to use this morning to kind of tune the machine in. And I ended up having maybe, I don't know, three or four espressos. And I just had like, I had an, this is like an out-of-body experience. Yeah, (laughs) I logged into a a. 9am meeting, felt like my head was going to explode along with my heart. But yeah, I guess that would just be my moment of wisdom today is if you're, you know, slamming coffees, maybe give a, a little notice out on the kitchen walls. Careful out there. Don't overdo it.
1: Have a beer instead. That fourth espresso shot of the morning before the 9 a.m. meeting could maybe be decaf.
3: Yeah, I think so. (laughs) But the hopper was already full of the beans, so I'd have to fish them out and everything. But
1: Are you buying those? Because on TikTok lately, I'm seeing these coffee feeds where the amount of different materials to make one espresso shot is just insane. Like there's these filter pucks you can add so that when you film it, I mean, Tim, you probably get into this as like an IG film or video kind of guy to get that perfect shot. They now have these pucks. So the espresso shot is not a single stream. It's like this like slow drip, like out of the the whole kind of filter. And this guy's video I watched, he's got a mirror so he can see a perfect angle of the espresso pull. And it's just... Yeah, some people go over the top. If you go that far, I know... It's not me
3: yet, but yeah. I mean, I don't know. I might be there
0: soon.
2: Things we do for the love
0: of the yeah, game.
3: Exactly.
0: <laughs> I uh, can relate to Luke's pain because one year where I was kind of co host of the coffee beer festival oh. in, in Vancouver. Jeez. Yeah, it wasn't the hangover the next day that got me. It was the caffeine come down where I was literally shaking because I was just drinking coffee and coffee beers all day long. I had and, an uh, afternoon crash all over. Yeah. Yeah. It was, <laughs> yeah. That was fantastic. Thanks, Mike. <laughs>
1: Before we go, maybe just curious, like what's what's coming up for the Barley Merchant. I know you guys do a lot of different projects and you mentioned the one with other folks, other businesses in Langley in the industry. I know you guys do some some cool stuff with like KPU.
2: So thanks for mentioning KPU. So last year we did a KPU top Takeover. KPU has a great brewing program. And as the second year students finish off their year, they get to work with a partner and develop a beer from scratch. And last year, we, we gave them four taps and we did a little takeover. And because there was eight students, we did it twice. This year, there's seven different beers that are going to be available. So we will be Unreal. hosting it again on back-to-back I guess about five or six weeks apart. Sorry. But when I heard there was four beers on the first one, but only three, I'm like, that doesn't quite make a flight. Can we come make a beer? So they said, absolutely. So we're going to take some of the team from here and we're going to head down to KPU and actually learn how to brew on their, their equipment. And uh, we are going to have the fourth beer with that. So nice. uh, so yeah, that's coming up in March and and April. We'll be doing those. So stay tuned on that.
1: That's got to be pretty cool for a student to say like I've got my beer on tap at an actual legitimate group up. Yeah,
2: well, we had one guy truly made his day because in order for me to like all of a sudden just put four beer on, I have to take four beers off, and you know we run the line through and do a quick clean on it, and then we put their beers on, and the guy that was so excited because he wanted to know who he was taking off. (laughs) <laughs> and it was it was a twin sales tap. Oh yeah. <laughs> so yeah. he's like, man, you're taking twin sales off to put, right. my, put my beer on. That's, <laughs> That's
3: how you cool. judge how good your beer is, right? <laughs> Who's coming off? But yeah. But I Bay mean, group. honestly,
2: like they make amazing beers. Like the program. I mean, there's so many people that are out in the BC craft beer industry now that yep. are are students from there. That uh, some are brewery owners, some are brewers, but it's so uh, kind of
1: the pipeline for brewers in the province. Yeah, absolutely. Right?
2: And yeah. the facility there is like beyond state of the art. It's it's super, super cool. If you ever get a chance to go there for a little interview and chat with them, I, I Oh that'd be yeah, that's a good that. idea.
1: Yeah. Um well they got awarded for it pre-COVID. Uh, um they were the brewery of the year. Yeah, right? they're, at, they're at beers have won Yeah,
2: and beyond. Like in, in like a North American competition for universities that yeah. make beer, they won some accolades. So yeah, they know what That's they're cool. Doing You're down working there. with them.
0: Well awesome. Congrats, Tim. I mean, this is a, this is a great spot, man. And in the time that we've been taping, we were kind of the first ones in here. And now this place is hopping. Like
1: this place is is getting packed now. Yeah, yeah like man. we
0: we thought we'd just have a their quiet corner to ourselves, but I mean, all the tables are booking up, and now we got people around us. So Yeah, I mean, well, we this, are in the
1: party room. Yeah, this go. is the
0: party room. Yeah, we we uh, started the party. That's, <laughs> yeah. I'm yeah, getting hungry. They, we should probably we should probably eat some. Let's, let's do, do it. it. But come out and support. What is what is the elevator pitch on how to get here?
2: So we are four four hundred meters off of Highway Ones. We are right near. We're in North Langley. We are near the Golden Ears Bridge as well. If you're coming from that side of the river, whatever angle you're coming from, it's just a quick hop, skip, and a jump
0: right underneath the gigantic spaceship at the center. Yeah, point.
2: you got it. We're Where? in the shadow of the Colossus movie theater.
0: Yeah, I, yeah, I was joking with Luke that you guys just play Close Encounters of the Third Kind like on an endless loop in that theater, right? Like, there's nothing else. <laughs> yeah, that's it. Like <laughs> every
1: <yeah>. every screen.
0: <laughs> yeah,
2: there's yeah. always a lineup
0: outside. Yeah, you got
1: it. And what is the GoDaddy URL you landed on, if people want to check out the website?
2: www.thebarleymerchant.com
1: There you go. <laughs> Beautiful. All right, thanks, Tim. Appreciate it. Thank thanks you so much. Thanks Jay. for coming, you. Out, guys.